Mesech is not just vov mishta vov until perik vov mishta tes. The word tiglachas refers to shaving, shaving one's hair. And the Mesechta uses the word tiglachas in a number of different ways. Firstly, of course, tiglachas is used to refer to the prohibition of shaving as a nozir. But as well as that, there is also something known as the tiglachas atuma and the tiglachas atara. And this is when it is not a prohibition to shave one's hair, but quite the opposite, it is an obligation to shave. And that is, firstly, tiglachas atuma, that is when a nozir becomes tomei, part of his purification process is that he must shave his hair, and then he starts the naziris again. So that's known as the tiglachas atuma. And although the shaving is only one part of the process, often the entire process is known as tiglachas atuma. Similarly, at the end of one's naziris, in order to end his naziris, he must also shave his hair. And that's known as Tiglachas Atara, and again, the entire process over there gets its name from the part of the shaving his hair. Ask the Mishnah Tiglachas Atuma Ketzad, how would the process of Tiglachas Atuma work? And that's referring to both the shaving and the entire process. So just like anybody who becomes Tomei from a dead body, he would need to get the ashes of the Paraduma sprinkled upon him on the third day from when he became Tomei, and on the seventh day. A week later, that is how anybody who becomes someone from a dead body is purified. And then on the seventh day, he needs to go to the mikveh after having the paraduma ashes sprinkled upon him. And he would shave his hair on the seventh day after having gone through the regular purification process. The shaving was now only done by a nozir, of course. Not anybody who had become Tommy would need to shave their hair. And then, once it becomes night time, after the seventh day, he is considered to be fully pure, and he would need to bring his carbonos on the eighth day, the next day. And we'll discuss what exactly those carbonos are later on in the Maserta. Now, what happens if, for whatever reason, he didn't manage to shave on the seventh day, he only shaved on the eighth day? He would still be able to bring his carbonos on that day, he doesn't need to wait until the next day. The reason why he generally has to wait till the next day is because he's not considered to be fully pure, until nightfall after the seventh day, and it, you can't bring carbonus during the night. But in this case, he's already pure. He just hasn't done the mitzvah of shaving, and therefore, even if he only shaves on the eighth day, he can bring the carbonus on that day. Div Akiva, that is the opinion of Rabbi Akiva. I'm going to be tired from Rabbi and Rabbi Akiva, Mabin Zele What is the difference between this case and the case of a Mitzayra? Mitzayra is somebody who receives, who has tzaras, a certain affliction on the skin, and he becomes Tome as a result of that. And his purification process also lasts for a week, and he also needs to shave his hair on the seventh day, and then bring the carbonos on the eighth day. But the halacha is, when it comes to Metzayra, that if he only shaved on the eighth day, then he needs to wait until the next day, the ninth day, in order to bring the carbonos. So why is the Noza any different to a Metzayra? Omalur, Akiva said back to Rabbi Tarifan, there's a big difference. When it comes to the Metzayra, the shaving is part of the purification process itself. The Torah said, in order to stop being a Metzayra, which, uh, which gives you a state of Tumah, you need to do a certain amount of things. On the other hand, this nozir just became Tomei from a dead body. So in terms of getting rid of that tumor, the shaving of the hair has nothing to do with it. Proof being that every other person who becomes Tomei from a dead body doesn't need to shave their hair. The shaving is already part of his obligations of Nazirus. And since it is not an intrinsic part of the purification process, it would not delay the carbonos. A Noz's purification is dependent upon the days. Seven days, if he does what a regular person who becomes Tomei does, then he's considered to be pure. But when it comes to his purification is dependent on his shaving of his hair. That is an intrinsic part of his purification process. 
And now the mission just explains why, in general, the carbon is bought on the eighth day and not earlier on the seventh day. Because one can only bring a carbon once the sun is already set, and that's the completion of his purification process. And then he can't bring carbonus during the night, so he'll have to wait until the next day. And this is like we explained earlier. Mission design, Tiglach Satara, Kate said. How did Tiglach Satara work? And again, Tiglach Satara refers to the shaving and the entire process which Anozi goes through in order to end his Nazirus. Her maybe Shalish Behemais, you would need to bring three carbonis. Firstly, Chatos, a carbon Chatos, which was a female sheep, one year old. Oila, a male sheep, one year old. Shlomim, and a carbon Shlomim, which was a ram. That's an older sheep. So those are the three carbonis of a nozer. And he would slaughter the carbon shlomim. And immediately after slaughtering the carbon shlomim, that is when he would shave his hair, according to Rabbi Yehuda. We are going to understand, although this is not agreed upon, but we are going to understand that according to Rabbi Yehuda, the order in which one brings the carbonis is in the order that the Torah writes them. And that's chatos, oila, then shlomim, just like the Mishnah said. And then at the end of all of the carbonis, once he slaughters the last one, that is when he would shave his hair. And this is learnt from Psukim, the Torah says, V'gilach nozer Pesach Oyel Moyed, that the nozer should shave at the entrance of the Oyel Moyed. And that same phrase, Pesach Oyel Moyed, is used regarding the carbon Shalomim. On the other hand, Rabbi Lozor, Rabbi Lozor says, He would only shave after bringing the carbon Chatos, meaning after bringing the first carbon, already then he would shave. Because the carbon Chatos is always brought as the first carbon. If you've got a carbon Chatos, a carbon Ola, and a carbon Shalomim, the carbon Chatos would always, be, would always be brought first. So you see that it takes precedence, and so it follows that this shaving should be done together with that main carbon. That being said, according to everybody, if he shaved his hair after any of the three carbonates, Yotzel has fulfilled his obligation, and the argument is only regarding what should ideally be done. In general, when one designates an animal to be a carbon, he must specify exactly which carbon it's going to be. But Rameshimingamil says, if he brings the three animals which are needed for the carbonis of an ozir, but he didn't specify exactly which animal would be for which carbon. In this case, it's not a problem, because it's totally obvious which animal would be for which carbon, because a different type of animal is required for the oila, chatos, and shlomim. And therefore, her oila, chatos, tik of chatos, the animal which is fit and must be brought as a carbon chatos is indeed brought as a carbon chatos. La oila, the animal which is fit to be a carbon oila, should be brought as a carbon oila, la shlomim, tik of shlomim, and the one which is fit to be a carbon shlomim should indeed be brought as a carbon shlomim. Alright, now the Mishnah goes back to the process of the Tiglach Satara. Immediately after he shaved his hair, he would take the hair of his Nazir head, literally. And what would he do with that hair? He would throw it underneath the pot in which the Korun Shlomim was cooking. There would be a special chamber in the Beis Hamikdash where the Nazir would cook his Karun Shlomim, at least according to the opinion that that is when he would shave his hair. And he would shave his hair and mix it a bit with the liquid in which the Karun Shlomim is cooking. And then he would throw it underneath the pot where the fire is, and that hair would be burnt. And this is like the Torah says, V'lokach ha'sa'arish nizroi. The Torah says he should take the, his, his hair, V'nosan al ho'ish ha'shetachas zevach ha'shlomim. And he should place it on the fire which is underneath the shlomim. Now, according to the Tanakhama, V'mgilach ma'medina, if he shaved his hair in Yerushalayim, but not in the Beis HaMikdash itself. Even then, he would still bring his hair to the Beis HaMikdash and throw it underneath the 
pot where the Kronshlomim was cooking. There are other versions of the Mishnah which read that that he wouldn't, and only if he shaved directly in front of the Kronshlomim where it was, only then would you do it, because the shaving and the throwing of the hair underneath the Kronshlomim should be done immediately one after the other. But again, that's dependent on the versions of the Mishnah. When, is the, when are these words said? When does a Nozir throw his hair underneath the pot, this is all when it comes to the shaving done in the Tiglachasatara. But in the process of shaving when he becomes Tomei, he would not throw his hair underneath the pot. The Torah there is talking about the Tiglachasatara specifically. However, Meir Meir says, All the Zirim would throw their hair underneath the pot. And Meir is arguing on two points. Firstly, according to Meir, even if he shaved outside of the Beis HaMikdosh, so according to one version of the Tanakama, you wouldn't need to do it if it was outside of the Beis HaMikdosh, but according to Meir, you would. And also, Meir holds that even a Nozir during the Tiglach even he would need to go through this process of throwing his hair underneath the pot where the Korban Shlomim is cooking. Chutz, except for, except for a Nozir who is Tomei and shaves outside the base of Mikdosh in Yerushalayim. In that case, says Reb Meir, there is no obligation of throwing it under the Korban Shlomim. However, the Gemara explains that it does need to be buried because the halacha is it's forbidden to benefit from the hair shaved off of a nozir. It's forbidden to benefit from it and therefore it must be buried. However, the mitzvah of burning it does not apply to a nozir tome outside of the Beis HaMikdosh. Mr. Tess, the Mishnah now goes a step backwards before the shaving of the nozir's hair to how exactly the common shlomim was offered up. Now, in general, a regular Korban Shlomim is offered together with 40 loaves of a mixture of matzah and bread. There are four different types and 10 of each. However, when it comes to a Korban Shlomim of a Nozer, he only brings two types of matzah loaves, and again, 10 of each of them. And they are offered up together with the Korban Shlomim itself. So he would cook the Korban Shlomim, a Sholkon, or overcook it, or others translate it to mean undercook, and once it is cooked, the Koyen would take the front right leg of this animal, the Korban Shlomim, once it has been cooked already, from the ram. The Korban Shlomim was a ram. And as well as that, he would take one chalas matzah from the basket, or a kik matzah echod, and one rakik. These are two different types of matzah loaves which were offered with the Shlomim of a Nazir, and he would take one of each of them. And as well as this, he would also, although the mission doesn't mention it, he would also take a couple of other limbs of the animal, such as the parts of the animal which are given to a Koyen, for example, the chest. And the reason why the mission doesn't mention this is because that applies to every Korban Shlomim, whereas the mission is only listing the things which are unique to a Korban Shlomim of a Nazir. And so the Koyen would take this, for Noisnal Kapia Nazir, he would place these things on the palms on the hands of the Nazir, or Menifon, and the Kohen would wave those things up and down and in all of the directions, together with the Nazir. This process is known as Tanufa, when one brings a carbon, so you wave as part of the carbon in all of the directions, and that is part of the offering of the carbon. And after all of that process has been done, then Then the Nazir becomes permitted to drink wine and to become Tommy from dead bodies. And of course, they cut his hair as well. The point is, from then onwards, his Naziris has ended. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, As soon as even just one of the bloods of any of the Karbonus has been thrown to the, on the, to the Zbeach for him, 
Already once any part of the process has been done, the Nazi is already permitted to drink wine and to become Tommy from a dead person, because already that ends his Nazirus. And Rishim learns this from a Posok. 